0: Okay, okay, dude, dude, I'm I'm loving this little and dancing thing. It's cute.
1: It's good. I like it. Um oh, we're loving already. Do you? So This so is our cold open. I, I outpace my ice machine with drink like, consuming ice. Like my ice machine cannot keep up, keep up with the amount of ice that I consume. So like once every day or two, I have to just like freeze solid. I don't know if you can see this. There's just like a frozen solid middle. In the center of my tea tonight, because Wait, what? that's what I do. I just like because this buys me, you know, four hours of ice making, or I don't have to consume the ice, and so I have to spend like a day doing that.
0: Wait, hold up, hold up, brother. Um, there, there, there are things called ice trays that they <laughs> have made. No, I have such a act. small.
1: This apartment has such a small freezer, and it's always full of food for me and food for my dog. I I hate using ice trays, also. And I have an ice machine in there, and it produces about enough ice for, like, less than a day, right? Like, it has to, it gives me, like, 0.75 of a day. So I have, like, if I let it run for three days, I will have two days of ice. So which means that, like, once every couple of days, I just have to, I have to go and freeze solid my water bottle or, like, a cup full of ice. That way, just, like, I have to buy myself time for the ice machine to catch up.
0: Man, your fridge sucks. Well, actually, no, it actually sounds like you're just going through too much ice. No,
1: I just consume a fuck ton of ice and a lot of water to go along with it.
0: Yeah, it's just a Uh, lot. So uh, what I do, the Strat, is I just drink room temperature water, like, all the time.
1: That sounds not negotiable for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, I think most things are better in room temperature. You know, I mean, if, if it's good enough for our room, it's good enough for We've a We've talked about this. You're an insane yeah. person.
1: Because, yeah. like, for me, like, a cup of water should be, co- like, composed almost entirely of ice. And then water to just, like, fill in the spaces. And then that ice water will last you and be cold for, like, an hour or two. That's the way it should be.
0: Nah, I, you know, okay, well that does that's too much ice man but uh you know like when i was a kid i actually used to like you know when you leave your water bottle in the car and it's like warm or like kind of hot uh and it's like not fun to drink it i used to love like warm water uh drinking warm water like car water
1: you're an insane person and you're yeah. off of the podcast all right speaking of that Welcome to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all the latest and greatest ongoing manga releases and also occasionally my hero academia, but not this week, thank God. Uh, My name is Bruce. I am the proprietor of the White Gray Black YouTube channel and with me again this week is Gautam, my partner in weekly manga crime.
0: What's up, warm water boys? Rise up.
1: (laughs) This episode titled Warm vs. Cold Water, Which Is Better?
0: Okay. No, that's the obvious <laughs> that's answer still
1: still correct. Um, please keep in mind as a disclaimer: major discussions this week we will be talking spoilers. Um, that means up to Ginka and Luna chapter fifteen, uh, Nan Hao and Shang Fing chapter ninety eight, and Sakamoto Days chapter one hundred. Um, start off with the news: part nine of JoJo's title has been announced. It is called JoJo
0: Lands. That sounds that sounds like a bad title. <laughs> it's great because... More JoJo.
1: I mean, I don't know. Are I, I, any yeah, of yeah, the yeah. titles for JoJo good? Is yeah, JoJo they, Lion? Is it is it JoJo Lion or is it JoJoLian? I've always. Uh, I
0: think it, I think it's JoJoLian, but you watch more than me. Uh, but I, like, I mean. We, by title, do you mean the JoJo's name, or is it like the a Stardust no? Crusader? We don't know
1: the JoJo's name or the setting. Although the picture that was released had a had a background setting that I think someone was saying looked like like either Canada or North America or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly where I saw that,
0: but oh, just like Joseph from Part Two, yeah, back in the back in the Bronx,
1: yeah. Except they only spent what one episode slash a couple of chapters, maybe two episodes in. Yeah, in New, New York US. and then everything else was in was somewhere
0: else. Didn't they go to Italy? I don't, I don't yes, know.
1: Yes, that one they go to Italy in that one for the training and stuff.
0: Uh but hey, sweet. Yep, Georgia. Glad JoJo's still running.
1: Yeah, interesting. So Araki is seventy one, I wanna say. He's let me see. He's 62. Okay, I was close. He's 62 and he's still going to do another JoJo. The last one took him 10 years, I think. Each of these has taken him five. I think part one and part two, maybe not quite five years, but almost all of them past then have been five or more years. So might really? be the really final individual? part of JoJo. It might, be, uh, it might satisfy the obsessive compulsive in some of us to do 10 parts. That's a nice even number. People would like that. But we'll see. I'm um, excited to see what it is. Maybe it's something I will pick up and read from the beginning just to cuz I have not I mean when the last JoJo started I was fresh out of college, which means I was just starting to watch anime. There was no JoJo. Uh there was no JoJo anime when the last part started being written. So JoJo's fan base has grown massively. So this has the potential to be the biggest uh The biggest in the West, at least. But it definitely, I think, just the biggest uh, start to a JoJo. Neato. Yeah. So we got the Jump Fiesta this week. Um, Last week, I unsuccessfully tried to predict things that would happen. I said, oh, a bunch of... We'll get a bunch of anime and a bunch of movies. And it was a lot less than that. And then I remembered, oh, yeah... This is for, like, shitty gacha game announcements and pachinko machines, too. And there was kind of a lot of that. So, we'll go through the highlights and sort of bigger stuff here. Um, Blue Exorcist gets a Season 3. This is... Blue Exorcist is a very long... Well, is a fairly long series. I want to say it's 250, 300 more chapters. Only got two seasons of an anime. Uh, Season 3 got announced. Any thoughts on Blue Exorcist?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, um, my thought is that I have no thoughts is, like, it's just completely generic and uninteresting to me, but, uh, good for the fans who actually like the series. Uh, I'm glad that they're finally getting a season three, kind of like how Bleach did, uh, for their last arc.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, um, I think we'll just see more and more anime over the years. That's, like, such a stupid, simple statement, but...
0: Um, yeah, you mean like uh, older anime or things that didn't get like another season, right? Like yeah, I like mean,
1: that. I just think anime and manga are on the up, right? They're year over year, they are, have been growing for the past, I mean, honestly, fifteen years, right? But more realistically, in the past four or five, mm-hmm. they've been the the acceleration has been a lot faster. So I think they've um, blown up. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get more more studio They're gonna have more big studios we're going to get I mean we're, I mean how many seasonal anime come out every season now? I mean, we don't get all of them in the West. We get like you know 20 or something which is still a lot, but there's like 40 or 50 seasonal anime every single uh every single season.
0: And I watch all of them. God, <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, oh man. I can't imagine uh, watching
1: like more than 3.
0: Yeah. Uh I you know Blue Exorcist to me. I I don't remember like any of the characters names anymore because it's been a while but uh it started out fun but i felt Mm -hmm. like it it got a little bit duller and more boring um after like the main conflict is resolved main conflict with like character identity and the character surrounding him was was resolved Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i don't know We'll, we'll we'll see how season three goes and if it's still popular yep we'll see maybe maybe it makes a big comeback like bleach
1: it could be i mean i think it's fairly popular among the sort of Shonen enthusiasts, the people who like that kind of stuff. I I watched a couple of episodes of season one and thought it was pretty generic and immature, I guess I would say it was aimed at a younger target audience than I was at the time. And that was even five or six years ago. So
0: that's fair. And, uh, you absolutely won't like blue Exorcist because I I thought the first two episodes were the best ones. Yeah,
1: I I don't, think it's, I don't think it's for me, uh, in the news of things that are maybe more for me, spy family gets a season two announcement and a movie. Uh, the movie is a little bit notable because Tatsuya Endo, the author, the manga author uh, is writing and assisting on that movie, which I think is a good choice. Going the sort of Oda route of the last couple of One Piece movies, where he's either written or assisted heavily on them. So yeah, I mean, Spy Family season two movie. How do you feel?
0: Honestly, I, I think this is an even better fit than like One Piece or other Shonen movies, uh, because I feel like a spy, Spike's family movie can really do any kind of like fun chaotic spy plotline with mm-hmm. all the characters involved without having to change the world drastically because right. I think one piece these movies you can't really influence the, the world at large within that universe whereas Spike's family doesn't really have like a, a world at uh, well it does but you know it's like you can do whatever the hell you want without having to tiptoe around any kind of world building things or like power levels breaking other power levels, you know, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. Spy Family is very, um, even just the manga now, it's, I don't want to say it's low impact because that makes it sound negative, but like it's much more slice of lifey than it is action or spy, even though those elements do exist. um, Even the most, the most recent arc is maybe one of three or four spy heavy elements we've got in the past three years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a movie is great. I think in general it's already kind of broken up into movie-sized chunks, right? Most of the arcs are two to four chapters or less, um, which and is all, you know, about a movie length, I would say. So,
0: And they're all kind of independent of each other, if you think about it. Because, right, like, the yeah. status quo at the end of the day doesn't fully change. And that's Usually fine. it doesn't, it doesn't
1: change do. much or at all, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think a movie would be perfect for something like Spike's Family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool let's take a quick break and do sales because i just have a sales thing right here uh jujutsu kaisen in first so this is the week of the fifth to the 11th so eight eight days ago and before um a little bit i would say of a of less notable titles in the top 10 here i would say i mean you have jujutsu kaisen at one uh tensei shitara slime that's the Reincarnated as a Slime at two. This Oda no Sono no Hoshi series, which I have not heard of. Um, this is a Jose school life comedy. There's two of these volumes in the top 10, um, which is interesting. Huh. Yeah. And then, yeah, number four is Marimashita Kun, which is a, hey, a big Kyrma. series but a smaller one. I mean, Arslan Senki, which is a, a series I do not see in the top 10 very often. I see it often in the top 20 or 30. Um, An Arakawa series at that. Yeah, and it's and it's Arakawa again. Good yeah, good for her. She deserves everything. Give her all the money. She's my favorite. Um, a series I've never heard of called Makai no Shuiaku wa And then Blue Box at 8. Tokyo Revengers still at 9. That's probably the last week or two. We'll see it. Um, Kimetsu Gakuen, which is it, some comedy that I also have not heard of.
0: Uh, it looks like a, a Demon Slayer... That babies. is,
1: oh, yeah, because Kimitsu, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, and Gakuen, you no know, babysitters is like. Gakuen like is school something, yeah. It looks like baby slayers. Well, okay, maybe not that. Uh, Demon slayer babies.
1: Yeah, or school kids are, Gakuen might be, I wonder what that is. Let's learn, learn Japanese. Japanese language school for Japanese American children. Okay, that makes sense. It's a okay. it's some school word. But yeah, I mean okay. it's just weird looking at this right there's like there's Jujutsu Kaisen and then it's kind of, you know, blue box is on there.
0: Uh, uh and it's there's Nice that... Iruma. Iruma up there. Mm-hmm. That was my shout out in our little award ceremony thing. Um as my honorable mention because it's shown in but it doesn't get like a lot of western talk about it. Yeah. Uh but it's really good. So it's nice to see it selling well.
1: Yeah, I mean the weird thing is that usually this is dominated by, you know, usually the top ten, top twenty is dominated by Weekly Shonen Jump or by Jump properties in general. And this one, you've got Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, and Blue Box, and the Kumetsu School Kids thing, and that's only three of seven. And everything else here is Kodansha or a different a different publisher, which is I think which is which is cool to see. I would always like to see more um, diversity of Manga in the top 10 uh, money talks. A lot of people I know, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter are big into the shoujo Jose area and they're always desperate to get more anime and more eyes on it. And I, you know, always tell them that it's 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 a money thing, which is, is why we get mm-hmm. primarily shonen. So it's good to I- see the top 10 sales here showing us that the money might be flowing in a different direction. But this is also another... Another sign of the broadening of and of of manga and anime and different tastes and things coming into the top ten. So,
0: truth be told, I still think that it's dominated by shonen because, like, I think it's uh, if you look at all the shonen properties like Blue Box, Revengers, all that stuff, it's like ten days old. Whereas all all these other ones that are on weekly are uh, three or four days old. So I think it's mm-hmm. maybe just like an out of cycle thing for Jump. But
1: I uh, yeah I agree. I think this yeah. is since I've been looking at these top tens maybe the last six to nine months um this is maybe the second time I've seen it where I go oh this isn't you know it the top five isn't you know One Piece Jujutsu Kaisen Demon Slayer something you know like Sakamoto Days like it isn't all just shonen stuff I I think I think this is just a sort of a coincidental off week but that being said it, it as if there's a couple of weeks a year that are coincidental off weeks for Jump that show that other things can be sold, I still think that's good. I mean, the numbers here are not bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, selling a hundred thousand copies of uh, a School Life Jose. Technically, it's one hundred and fifty because the two things here are Volume Three and Volume Three Limited Edition. So it's more like one hundred and fifty k. Those num- I mean, those numbers are great. That's that's awesome. So
0: it's always crazy for me to see the numbers Slime does though. Uh, more yeah, than slime,
1: anything. Moves. <laughs> slime moves. Slime moves unit. Slime is like, I think it's maybe the largest.
0: I think so. I think
1: it's maybe the largest non-jump anime and manga property. I'm not gonna oh, say that solidly, not, but it's very, very big.
0: It feels like the biggest isekai, you know. Unless I'm missing something,
1: it might be smaller than the Kirito one. Which call it.
0: Uh, Oh, Sword Art Online. Sword Art
1: Online might be bigger than it overall, but it might not be. I mean, Slime is huge. Yeah, I. I, It's close.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right on Sword Art, but yeah, Slime is like surprisingly big for the plot of what it is. But it is the best out of all of all of those. I turned into a random object, Isekai
1: yeah the spider one is so. okay i I need to i mean slime shows up so much and is pretty well praised i need to I need to check it out I haven't really given it a fair shot I don't think season one I think is weird because it's like the person is literally just a slime and then later on they become like an actual character so
0: kinda yeah yeah uh but yeah check it out it, it's it's like a seven out of ten watch
1: cool that's good yeah. so that's sales stuff um back to ju- uh jump Fiesta. Some One Piece news real quick. Um, Quick prediction, Oda releases every year sort of a, oh, this year expect this and this, and people tried to match up. His big announcement is, and this is a translation thing from Japanese that in English it doesn't work. He said, ah, yes, that person and that person will fight, which is, you know, in English we would probably just say, oh, two people who you're very interested in will be fighting who who do you think give me a prediction who do you think those two are going to be that that are going to fight this year
0: he, he said this year that would be this year yeah oh uh i guess we have two weeks oh, sorry t-
1: 2023 <laughs> this up oh
0: 2023 year. oh oh upcoming um i guess shanks and blackbeard you think shanks and blackbeard okay maybe i, I it seems too early right
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, I definitely, I definitely was thinking it might be Shanks and Luffy, but that was my prediction.
0: Bro, I'm glad you said that because I definitely think they fight. Uh like at, towards the end of the series, I don't at think it'll some be point, happen this yeah. year, but I think it. I think that'll be like the last fight of the series or something. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Oda also came out and said at Jump Fiesta, or I guess in his little written announcement, um. He made he made a little joke about himself and said, you know, I've I know that in the past I've said I'm 5 years away. He said, "Don't worry, I'm not rushing." So he didn't give us another, "Oh, yes, now it will be 5 years." He said, "Don't worry, I'm not rushing." Most people took this to mean like, "Oh, 10 more years of One Piece, right?" The the groundhog didn't see its shadow. 10 more years of One Piece. Um I I kind of agree with him. I think we're probably in for more than 5 more years, and 10 seems more likely. Uh Honestly, I, let pretty, it end yeah. when it ends.
0: I, yeah, I I'm, mean, yeah, agree let, let let the coin fall where it may. I I think we'll all see the ending coming when it does come. But for oh, now, yeah. I'm just enjoying the ride. For
1: sure, and and Oda is not. Um, we talked about Araki, the JoJo author, being 62. Oda's only I think like 44, 45, or something like that. So he's you know, he's yeah. Solidly middle aged, but not aging. I guess I would say so. He's got he's got time.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, I, I, a lot of like these long running series, and I know it's morbid to say this, but uh, people are worried that like an author might die, and of course it's yeah. morbid to sell. But it happened with Mira, uh, which is truly tragic, uh, and I think it just goes to show that it's it's not. It, it just goes to show how unhealthy making manga is in general. So it's yeah. like. It's hard to say one way or another uh, how healthy these people are living, but regardless, even if even if not not just for one piece, I hope o- Oda's brought enough joy in my life that I I just hope he's like healthy and taking care of himself. Same with everyone else.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think he is. Mira was an unfortunate. I mean, he had he had health issues for years. I mean, the last I don't. 10 or 15 years of his life, we didn't get very many Berserk chapters, right? The majority of Berserk chapters were published from 1986 or 84. When did it start? Mid 80s into the early 90s, right? Um, And then he did not publish a whole lot in the 2000s, very slowly. But yeah, I mean, I think think Oda's healthy, incredibly rich. Uh, I think that Oda's health is probably something that uh jump is incredibly interested in keeping and yeah i think you know barring a freak accident which of course could happen i i'm not super worried about about oda's health so
0: yeah and and just a quick like thing on mira just to talk about him for one second um uh back in the day all this shit was analog right so when mm-hmm. people drew manga they, they didn't have digital things um and a lot of people had to adapt in the pandemic and switch to digital because of COVID. Um, But like Oda, for example, still does everything on paper and Nira. He's
1: he's, does digital. Now he he
0: does digital. Now he made the
1: transition later. Um, Yeah. Because I've seen he'll post um, the lead. He does the lead color double spread for the volumes. Almost every time he does that, those there's something pops up on my Twitter feed. That's, a time-lapse of him drawing it, and it's clearly done digitally, right, the way that it's erased. I mean, you can't—it is not like an over-shoulder camera of him drawing on paper. It's He does it digitally and moves stuff around and tries different things. So, yeah, he definitely does those digitally. I'm fairly sure, I think, that One Piece is all digital now. Um, He was a little bit late to that. I want to say maybe two or three years ago was when he made the swap. Um, or maybe and he did some stuff digitally and some stuff not before then, but it's, yeah, it's one piece I believe is digital. Old school
0: dudes, you know, like Oda and Araki and Mira. It's harder for these old school dudes too, uh, because they've been doing it on paper their whole life
1: for sure. Um, and it's like, it's a complicated thing if you're not used to using a drawing application. It's it's much <clears> harder than, uh, you know, than knowing what pens to use, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so,
0: but yeah, long story short is like Mira. Uh, the reason it took long even when he was younger and more active uh that center panel like on the youtube that you see right now that insane mm-hmm. art yeah uh he did that all on paper and if he he's such a perfectionist that if he even messed up like a tiny portion that you won't even notice he'd scrap the whole page and do it again yeah uh and he an, he's a, a notorious a perfectionist. Mindset. so yeah and on paper that just makes things take forever because you you scrap so many things the moment you make a mistake uh Either way, uh, Godspeed, man. Rest in peace.
1: Yep. Rest in peace, Oda. We hardly knew you. Um, (laughs) Speaking of the greats, as we're on Oda and Mira, Akira Toriyama, right? This is the guy Mm -hmm. behind Dragon Ball. Um, He drew the first six or seven. He did a bunch of designs for Final Fantasy. Um,
0: And uh, more recently, Dragon Quest. Uh, uh, Technically, before Final
1: Fantasy, he did Dragon Quest, but yeah. Um, Still, yeah. He's but great. yeah, Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, Dragon Ball, Akira Toriyama. Um one of his series that was released before Dragon Ball, manga series called Sandland is getting an anime. So that was one of the announcements that we got from Jump Fiesta. Um did you see this trailer preview at all?
0: No, I did not. I haven't even heard of this. It
1: looks like it looks very Dragon Ball. Akira Toriyama has a very particular style and they're sticking to it. Um it looks fun. It looks this- it definitely looks mid-90s maybe early 80s kind of that time range of goofy you know the main character is just like a purple, spiky-haired
0: little goblin. Yeah, yeah a little
1: goblin. It. Little all the goblin things are very like early '90s, late '80s kind of style. But yeah, so that's that's I, I that's another uh, another thing like we were talking about earlier. We're just gonna start getting more of these old uh, manga made into uh, made to anime, I think, right? And they're they're going back and going, okay, what can we make that'll make us money or that'll Draw people in and Dragon Ball is enormous and Toriyama has other things he's written and done, so they're adapting that. So
0: I uh, yeah, I gotta say truly, Bruce, that Toriyama's art style, uh his character designs and stuff, I they're they're top tier. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. adore his his little this little goblin guy looks amazing.
1: And, it, and I mean it looks his style is so recognizable too, because you could drop those peep those guys into Dragon Ball and no one would would look twice, or you could drop them into Dragon Ball or Dragon Quest,
0: yeah, and yeah. no one I, would
1: no one would think twice. Though they just look like Dragon Ball side characters or Dragon Quest bad guys or whatever. So,
0: yeah, looks great. Thanks for pointing it out. I'll, I'll keep this on my list.
1: Yeah, keep an eye out for it. Um, the next thing is Jujutsu Kaisen. The author of Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, his name is Gege Gigi. I don't know how you would say it. I'm not sure J E J E G G G G G G G G G G I don't know. Um, Uh, he, he announced Jujutsu Kaisen probably ending in 2023 or soon after. Um, this will kind of continue a trend that started with demon slayer. I did start with demon slayer, but of the, of the recent releases, um, these shonen come out, they get an anime that's enormous. They start selling boatloads and then they end pretty soon. Um mm-hmm. I like this because things that keep going after they're immensely popular are things that are that feel forced to keep being published and written generally aren't good. This tells me at least that jujutsu Kaisen is sticking to its story um and not trying to artificially inflate it. So um once it's over, maybe I'll check it out again. I was not a huge fan. It seemed very typical shonen, a little bit more amateur than I'm looking for then it's worth my time but I might be willing to check it out I know people like it a lot so
0: I liked it but I also got bored at one point and uh, dropped it but mm-hmm. not like intentionally dropped it I just stopped reading it so I have to go back to it Yeah. Um. and yeah uh, me and Bruce were talking about like reading through some stuff that we haven't read and just discussing it like Undead Unluck was probably going to be our next one yeah this is something I want to check out Cause I, uh, we, yeah. we should do that with JJK at some point, too.
1: Boy, yeah. I mean, that's Undead Unluck's at 100 and something chapters. Jutsu Kaisen's at 340, 360 chapters. Pretty long, but... Um, yeah, but I think it's big enough it.
0: that... And and I think it's big enough that we can get a good discussion out of it. And I think yeah. it's... Separated in think, multiple parts, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not let, Let's not make ourselves miserable of marathoning it. But, uh, yeah, I think that sounds fun.
1: Cool. Um, True. T- Akane Banashi, our sweetheart favorite new manga of 2022 here, got three color pages in 2022. This is more than any other new series ever, and this is more than most series get in a single year. Um, You'll usually get one piece three times a year or four times a year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe something like My Hero shows up two or three times a year. This is a brand new series, and it's been on on the front three times with a color page. So that's that's pretty notable uh congrats and a thank you for a great series and a great new series showing up in uh, such it, a powerful it's, way
0: it's so good yeah yeah and like i i'd even say it's at its slowest point right now and even then it's it's never uninteresting it's always good yeah, it's still so. very good
1: um all right one last thing in news this is not manga related but more anime but although he has written manga um happy birthday today Today's december 19th when we are recording and broadcasting this um happy birthday to gen urobuchi this is a he's the writer of fate zero the creator of Alduna zero and most notably known i think for uh madoka magica and psycho-pass which are two uh really it, i think i gave i think both of those probably have 10s in my mouth somewhere so
0: uh, yeah, honestly, shout out to this guy. He he misses just as much as he succeeds, but he does it in such a glorious way because he always goes for the gold. Like, he yeah. always tries for something ambitious, and I can't help but to respect that.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, when he hits it, like, Season 1 of Psycho Pass is amazing. Madoka Magica is awesome. Fate Zero is the only part of fate that i would give above a 7.5 and i think fate zero is a 10 so i think it's great
0: Fate Zero is a 10 yeah, yeah so good awesome. uh and you know like his recent works have gotten a lot of flack and it's like clear that it bothers him and he's like he's like a little upset that his like vision is kind of getting shit on by people but i i, I like that he takes big swings and it's clear that he's passionate about everything he puts out so yeah um, he clearly likes what he does yeah, I want him to be in the industry forever. Keep making stuff
1: for sure. He'll hit another. He'll hit another gold pretty soon. I think. I bet. That's it for. That's it for the news. Um. So let's get on to discussions. You're gonna go first with what you're bringing this week. This is Nan Hao and Fing. This is by an artist named Brownie.
0: Happy to do it. Uh. Yeah. So I I picked a different one this week and. Technically, we didn't even get a new chapter this week, but uh, I figured I, I wanted to bring it up. Um, this is probably the most Boys Will Be Boys. M- I, it's not a manhwa or a manga. It is Chinese, a, a, a Chinese, I believe, yeah. yeah. It is I Chinese. Don't I, I don't know what, call what manga. that's called, technically, but I'll just call it a manga.
1: In Ch- it is manhwa. Also, it's spelled differently than the Korean version. I think the Korean huh. version is like M-A-N... W H A and the Chinese version is H U A. Might have gotten those backwards. Oh, they're both called yeah, yeah, Manhua, right. but they are different before. spellings in in English. So,
0: yeah, uh, this is this is absolutely amazing. Um, all of the ca- characters are kind of shitheads and degenerates in the best way possible. They're all incredibly funny. Uh, the whole cat. It's not just boys; boys, and girls going yeah. to high school, and there's so many kind of like relatable high school-isms that you don't really think about that you did back in high school. Like, uh, just like the air dribbling or, Mm -hmm. like, uh, stuff you did as a kid that you wouldn't even probably remember as an adult. Uh, This manga is... uh, Sorry, Manwa is just genuinely hilarious. So uh, look out for it every time it comes out. Uh, Since it's Chinese, it doesn't read like a manga, though, so keep that in mind. It it reads like a comic book.
1: Yeah, it also isn't isn't like a vertical scrolling Korean manhwa. It's a little it's just pages. I want to say it's maybe just posted on Twitter every week. I don't know. It's, it's really short. I've clicked on a couple of chapters of this overall. You'll, I mean, if you're habitually online, like most of us are, um, you'll see a lot of memes out of this one. You'll recognize some of them. Uh, It's really funny. Just a couple of chapters I've, I've clicked on. Um, It has big, daily lives of high school boys girls energy for sure i'm glad
0: you said it because i was going to say that yeah it's yeah. like if you watch nishi bros yeah. uh this is just nishi bros yeah Bro,
1: it. Joe. it's the same kind of energy for sure
0: um and yeah uh, one thing i think of course this is, a, this is a complete comedy and it's it's very funny if if you uh you could pick it up anywhere honestly you don't really need that much context yeah not a whole uh, lot of
1: continuity here
0: yeah uh, I will say though, it does. It's it's one of these things, uh, kind of like uh, what we're going to talk about in a bit, uh, and Dungeon Meshi, mm-hmm. Delicious uh, in Dungeon, where it's a comedy, but then it gets real at certain points, and it does it so well. Like it it flips from you're laughing to, oh, that was meaningful, or that was sad, or uh, it executes emotional beats. Like it has no right to in my opinion, um and of course, like we're gonna talk about dungeon meshy later, it does that in spades, even though it's a comedy um I think that's just kind of a strong trait that a writer can have, you know, um yeah, Flipping I've... between emotions it's hard to do, and yeah,
1: well, Sorry, I would even ahead. say I would even say that I think I have noticed that if you're a comedy writer and you're legitimately really good at comedy, that skill translates into writing drama better than being a really good drama writer translates into writing comedy. Because I think like, so like I'm a huge Brandon Sanderson fan, right? He writes high fantasy novels. is not a manga mm-hmm. thing. This he's, he's he's a novelist, right? He, he writes books. Um, and he writes very serious books. And I think they're very good. And they have cool magic systems. That's kind of his thing. Um, and he has a super good understanding of characters and the mechanics. He's a very workman-like author. Um, that dude cannot write a joke to save his life. Uh, he is not funny at all. He tries to write funny characters. I think it falls flat every time. I've read almost every single one of the books that he's published. And I have maybe laughed out loud two or three times. Um, and then I can read something like... Yeah, like Dungeon Meshi or Kaguya or another one of these like really legitimately funny things, and I'm laughing out loud much more often. Um, yeah, That's I just—I so mean, I just think I just think being comedy requires you to understand a sort of mechanical piece behind writing. I think that means that when you write drama, those mechanical pieces translate very easily, whereas. Writing drama is very, I don't want to say it's easier than writing comedy, but I'm just going to, I am going to say it though. I think, I think drama is easier to write than comedy. Like making someone laugh or making more people, uh, what's the best way to say it? Drama is much more universal naturally than comedy is. Comedy is much more subjective so that yes, means that that absolutely. means that writing comedy in a way that appeals to multiple people is more difficult than writing a drama that lots of people will understand and relate to or like. I, th- I think that is true for me. Maybe not. That's not true for everyone, but for me, it's true that I think uh, I think comedy is harder to write. I think that's why you see in general just less comedic things, over dramatic things. I mean,
0: I think it's also a bigger risk so tell me if you agree with this or not. and i know we're still in discussions for, for a bit and we're lingering but um i think this is a good discussion uh so tell me if you agree with this right it's exactly what you said i agree i completely agree with i think comedy is harder to write because of the subjectivity of it and there are so many different forms of comedy and different things people find funny mm-hmm. whereas drama there are relatable human emotions and experience like laughter is different For different people, what makes you laugh is different. But I think if like a family member dies, that's universal. You know, if you're feeling lonely, that's universal. Uh, So it's easier to execute that because we and resonate with people because we've all felt that. Whereas physical comedy is only funny to some people. And like sarcasm and dry wit is only funny to some people. There's there's no universal in comedy most of the time.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think and not even even specifically like death or something, but I think that loss in general or a feeling of loss is like, that's, a, I think, a universal human experience. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the drama is based much more on a universal human experience and comedy is on a much more personal level. And that's generally why it's harder to write them. And I think that's also why, I also think that's why drama will always be more popular, and more uh, artistically I, well-regarded, right? 100%. Dram- drama series are winning Oscars, comedy series are not, um, and that's because of all the things you just said. Drama is part of the natural human condition, an expression of that. Comedy is... I think comedy is part of the natural human condition also, but it is much more individualistic and, and uh, subjective, so harder to get. But oh. it does mean that when an author is really good at comedy... They're also just, I think, naturally good at drama because it you cannot have one without the other when you're going from comedy to drama, but I think you can't have drama without comedy, so
0: Exactly. And and I think one thing that makes comedy a little bit hard, and I'm not saying this doesn't make drama hard, is that if you don't fully resonate with like loss or something like that, you can understand why a character feels lost regardless. But if a character or a scene is unfunny it actually takes you out of the moment completely right yeah and it's like that robot thing where it had a million jokes a second it took me out of it completely because i just was thinking about how unfunny it was so mm-hmm. i think people understand when jokes don't work and well a lot of people do and i i think that makes it difficult it just it taints the product if you have enough flubs in a row you know yeah
1: i think you hit yeah i think you hit on the other big thing about Drama versus comedy, and that's even when we, even when we don't fully understand or sympathize with drama, it's easy to, it's easy to understand. Like, have I ever lost a longtime military compatriot who was trying to help me become the Fuhrer of a country? This is a Full Metal Alchemist uh, reference. It's like, no, I haven't. But when, uh, you know, when when that character dies. I can relate to that loss because I understand the character, I understand loss, I understand losing a friend. You know, those are things that especially as you get older are pretty universal experiences. But like you said, if a joke is bad or if a joke is something that I don't understand, that's there's no there's no understanding it, right? There's no relating to it. There's no, well, I don't think it's funny, but I get it. I get what they're trying to do. It just doesn't work and it just doesn't it just doesn't work. So, yeah, drama is one of those things that like I said, I'll, I'll say it. Drama is easier to, easier to write and more, more simple to execute and more simple to get people invested in than than comedy is, just because it's more specific and personalized. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I to to just put an asterisk on that, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that nuanced like drama is much harder. But as a yeah. baseline, you're completely correct. Yeah. There is for
1: sure a degree. I mean, it's weird to think about. Is there more drama than comedy because you look at television shows and it's like, well, there's a lot of comedies on, but I mean, even within comedies, there's, I think the thing is that within all comedies, there is drama and there's not always comedy and drama. This is like last thing because we're way off task, but like in something like uh, The Office, which is a Mm -hmm. comedy, like through and through comedic, I think it's very funny. A lot a lot of the things people like about that series is actually the drama part of it. The romance romance is a form of drama. Uh
0: it's yeah, a big part the Jim yeah. and pan. So I mean yeah
1: and exactly. And and a comedy without any of that is
0: yeah. yeah no, I It's and so. you're right this is off-task, but I think there's a this is a good thing to talk it's about. It's interesting. Cause, it's interesting, yeah. Cuz it affects if it affects media all over the place, not just manga. It does. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we 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 can slide on yeah, by. speaking
1: of drama, Ginka and Luna. Um, it's been a while since we talked about this. I actually don't know if any of our published episodes... I talk about it every week. Yeah, we have talked about this briefly, I think, but not not too in-depth. Um, I really liked the chapter this week, chapter 15. I thought this was maybe the best chapter we've gotten, or the best chapter since the first one or two. Um, yeah. I think Scheherazade is a cool bad guy. I think the stuff visually that we get, where um, Luna is like body horror d- dissected here on screen and, and forced back together. It was cool. It was an interesting fight. Uh, it was a good fight. The flashback with what's her name? Anemone was good. I know I'm not, a, I've gotten on about flashbacks in the past, but this was a good flashback and, and it was in the, in the correct location before a character took action. Uh, yeah, it was Dude, good.
0: Bruce, uh, I, I, I was like convinced while i was reading this i'm like i love this chapter bruce is gonna hate this Mm -hmm. uh because because they did your pet your biggest pet peeve is uh they did a flashback within a flashback uh in this page exactly actually because on the right side is a flashback and they go into another flashback and i'm like this is gonna bother him did that bother you it didn't because
1: the nested flashback thing bothers me when it's a timeline... How, how do you... I'm trying to think of how to say this. Nested flashbacks bother me when you're just doing exposition, right? When you're just saying, I need to get this information out there, which is like like we are talking about with My Hero last week, right? The nested flashbacks in My Hero are because... Information happened and then we need oh, there's information that happened earlier that I just thought of and I need to write and let's get it out of here. The nested flashbacks here are emotional and not information dumps. And so they work, right? That's I think the nested flashback thing is only really a problem when you're talking about uh like plotting a series or laying out the sort of order that actions or steps appeared in. Um, in that case, you should always just try to go in order whenever possible. With this, we're seeing, you know, what Anemone's history with Shahrazad, and then her—it's—it's it's a flashback to a, add emotional impact to her history with this other child when they were kids. Um, so in that way, it does not bother me. I mean, may, like maybe just, it works better if you put if you put the other part in front of the other. I. I I don't think it it makes like maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's a big deal, especially not because what they're going for here is they want to show you she's is bad. She killed her friends. And then Mm -hmm. when you see that she killed her friend, you go, well, you don't know how attached she is to that friend. So we'll flashback one more time and show you that. Yes, they were good friends and they made a promise or whatever. I think this is okay because it's emotional. Um,
0: I I, yeah. I I think I think personally uh, I think it still doesn't work, but I, it doesn't bother me because I'm getting used to the buckwild pace of this thing, uh, and it's like a, it's two pages of flashbacks. It's not gonna drive me crazy or anything. But uh, to me, this is kind of the same as the Demon Slayer fat flashbacks, where they're they're all emotional it's, too. But it's like, but those uh,
1: the position it, it, of the flashback here is good, and it's different than. Uh, It's different than Demon Slayer specifically, and I'll tell you why. In Demon Slayer, this flashback would have happened after, or uh, I don't know. The, The Demon Slayer flashbacks are bad because the sword is literally cutting into the demon's neck, and then you get a flashback and you're supposed to care about them. In this case, it's like... You get the flashback, and then Anemone comes and takes action, and you understand why she's taking action because you were just given context for it. That that's This is the correct location of this flashback. In Demon Slayer, that is not the correct location of that flashback. That flashback mm-hmm. needs to go before the fight, before they take the action to fight, right? Like, And that's not per, per super thing, ahead, I, far ahead, but it's just a couple of chapters earlier is where it needs to go, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and we can completely stop talking about flashbacks here because this this is like perfectly serviceable. But I would just reverse the order of this so I care a little bit more that this girl died, you know, um, instead of she's dead. And now let's establish that they were friends, you know. Uh, but yeah,
1: I think it might have been better that way, but
0: I don't think it was. Way, it it, does, it does, way. does not matter. It this yeah. was this uh, was I just wanted to chat about that because I was curious what you thought. But I think this was a great chapter, too. Um, what else did you like about it?
1: I think this was a better chapter because it slowed down. Um, In general, the biggest complaint that we've had for the past 15 weeks about mm-hmm. Ginkga and Luna, um, other than the first chapter, I think, is that it just breakneck speed. I mean, we're getting the content that most people would put in three or four chapters in a single chapter. I remember yeah. a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, there was a chapter where it was like... They go down into the dungeon. They meet some new person in the dungeon. They like fall. They fight a big thing. They fall down. They meet the people they were supposed to find in the dungeon. That's like all in one chapter in like twenty pages. They do all of that stuff in this. Fast, yeah. yeah, in this chapter, um, Luna fights Shahrazad. Anemone jumps in to try to help her. We get the flashback, and then at the very last two pages, Ginka shows up. Right, like that's. This is one chapter of Shonen content. And it this was the correct amount of stuff. Um,
0: I, and you know what? I think it was still faster than all other Shonen content. It's but still in, a lot, in yeah. A good, I mean... In a good way. Like, uh, I think the pacing, while breakneck, throughout this whole series, had something good going for it. But I can't place it in my mind. I'm not sure if you can. Um, I didn't hate everything about the pacing. It was too fast, 100%. But it doesn't linger too much is better than too little
1: when you're talking pacing. I think,
0: um, yes,
1: in general, slow is boring. So talking, so having too much, too many things in a chapter, while it might feel a bit overwhelming is not boring. So I think it's just better in, in regards to that, right? If defaulting Uh on the side of too much going on is better than not enough, because if there's not enough going on for two or three weeks in a row, we're just going to drop it, right? Like, especially early on with something like this. Now, at this point, I think Iggan Luna's a little bit more solidified. Like, I'm just going to keep reading it. It could slow down or have a bad arc or chapters, and I I think I would keep going. But for the first, you know, eight or ten chapters, like, if you have three slow chapters in a row, like, people are just going to drop it. And once they drop it, it's over, Mm -hmm. right? So
0: You're absolutely right. I I think that's exactly why. uh, I think you nailed it. Because while it was messy and too fast, it was never boring.
1: Yeah, it wasn't ever. I agree. It wasn't ever boring. It was always visually interesting. It was always moving. I mean, being and I yeah,
0: and I I don't know if you feel this, but um, while I don't think the characters are super developed, I think they're all interesting characters that I like.
1: We at least yeah, I, I mean Ginka and Luna especially are two that I just like having on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Luna because she's clearly different, right? Like the, I mean, these first 15 chapters, we've kind of gotten these rules explained to us uh, from the other magic users in the world, right? The other two girls are in the party, the, the bad guy who was in the last two or three weeks. And even Shahrazad yeah. here. Uh, they all kind of expound something about, Oh, magic works like this and you need to do this to blah, blah, blah magic. And Luna just does not play by those rules. And I think that's always interesting to see. um, And Ginka is I think just a fun, powerful character. He's, it's cool to see him show up and, and do his thing. So, uh,
0: yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of like the, the prodigy, but also wild child mm. archetype, um, which makes Luna inherently interesting. Cause she learned everything different in a different way than how everyone else did. Right. And so it's, um, I think it's yeah. even
1: cool to see all these other magic users expouse. you know, here's how magic works. And you go, Oh, cool. I understand how magic works in the world. And then Luna shows up and goes, I don't care about that. I'm going to do magic in this way. And she does it and it's cool. And I think um, this is something that I think about when I think about storytelling or any kind of like structural elements of manga or movies or whatever, is that I always mm-hmm. think that when you break the rules, quote like this is the rules, quote unquote, right? Like if you're saying, oh, a, a movie takes place in a three act structure and you always have, mm-hmm. you know, rising action happens and then blah and then complexity and... Something like that is like a rule, what I'm talking about. I think if you Indeed. understand the rules, um, you can break them. And I think that's what's cool about Luna is that I think she I think she understands the rules, right? I think that uh, Ginka taught her what the rules are. And then, then I think he also taught her, um, those don't matter. Your rules are different than other people's rules. So right. in storytelling and in sort of magic using, it's interesting because I think that... As a reader, we are told the rules, and once we understand the rules, it's cooler to watch them be broken, right? It's more mm-hmm. interesting to know, um, you know, if I do this, a fire happens, and then to watch someone do something different to start a fire than it is to watch someone do something different to start a fire and then be told that, no, you can't do that. Fire starting happens in this other way. Um, the, 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 Process of introducing that information is knowing the rule first and then breaking it is better than breaking the rule and going back and saying no, it doesn't work like that. It's supposed to work like this. Um, just that simple little setup right there, I think makes mm. makes Luna really interesting.
0: She is a great character. Um, well, interesting character. Uh, she'll get great once she gets development. But yeah, um, I, th- I think we're we're progressing towards that in a good way. I think we are. And- yeah,
1: I mean slowly, but I mean. Both quickly and slowly at the same time for somehow, but
0: yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, I wanted to see what you thought, uh, about, because I thought the paneling and the art, uh, while simple at always times, good. I thought this, this was the best, you know, this was yeah. the best chapter for it. Uh, this, the fights yeah. were great.
1: It's always, I always, I think the paneling and the, the design layouts, the environmental sort of layouts have always been really good. This one was really good action paneling. Um, yeah, it was really good overall, and I think the art here is definitely the standout, uh, more of the standout part of the series than any of the writing, really. Um, the writing is good and interesting, and, but I would definitely say, I know early on when we talked about this series, um, I would kind of say, you know, may, if this one doesn't work, I'm interested in their second work a lot, because I definitely see good ideas here, but I think this one is working. Yeah. Um, Volume one is soon for this, so we'll have to see how the sales of that do. I think that might be coming out like this week or next week. Um usually volume one comes out around chapter twenty of a series, so and we're on chapter fifteen, so.
0: And I, I did say in my bet last time that everything Except for Ichinose fam, well, everything except from for Ginka and Luna and Akane would end by next year. Mm-hmm. I I'm betting on my horse Ginka and Luna to survive. I, think I so. believe, I believe, and I think it's just it's it has so many flaws, but uh, it's my baby, and I love it for what it is.
1: If it does get canceled, it will be it will be one of those things that I think the West ends up just liking more than Japan, and that's why it's canceled. Because um, I was looking on Sunday, right, all these the the wsj stuff drops on sunday and on reddit where they're all posted where i usually go and look at them um Ginkga and luna had like it has a good amount of talk and discussion and clicks and upvotes and stuff like that so it's not uh
0: it, yeah it has a charming quality that i can't pinpoint that i, I just can't help but to root for it so yeah. cool A uh, uh, last thought on this by the way uh I think all of the character designs are amazing, and I think the creature designs so far have been really cool. Like the dragon they fought, the biblically accurate angel, and especially this villain and the other villain with like the mutated face, all look very good. All cool designs. So looking forward to more out of this author and this series.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's good. Uh, The next thing, click on the Mm -hmm. right spot. Did you read this? This was a little thing I wanted to drop in here because it was a new chapter one. Um, This is a series called Muse no Shinzui by uh, author Fumino Aya. Did you happen to check Uh, this one out? This was the artist girl living at home with her mom.
0: No, I'll read this uh, after after this. Yeah, Um, check it out. Tell me about it. Uh,
1: Really interesting sort of girl who's kind of been not emotionally beaten down by her mother and forced to conform there's a lot of uh conformity pressure on this girl and she wants to be an artist and her mother said no you're not good enough and blah 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 and stole her acceptance letters from school and stuff like that and then by the end of chapter one she sort of begins breaking out of it so i thought it was really interesting potentially potential for a lot of uh good drama i thought the writing and the art was pretty good um yeah. it's just a chapter one i wanted to mention because i know we usually do bigger discussions on them but uh i don't don't know if this this warranted having the whole a whole discussion for it so but yeah it was pretty good
0: i'm glad to chat about it later though uh i'll check it out after this um does the character have a nose in or is this part of the art style the art style yeah okay no
1: noses no noses in this one. Um, all right, main feature for this week is Sakamoto Days, chapter one hundred. Um, is it a coincidence that I caught up with this on chapter one hundred? Not really. I think I saw that this hit ninety seven or ninety eight, and I said, ah, oh, you know, it'd be great for the podcast. Chapter one hundred, discussing. So I read all of Sakamoto Days over the past what two or three weeks. Um, caught awesome. up this week. Read chapter one hundred was my first live read chapter. Uh, this series rocks. Um, somebody in the chat mentioned bleach. If you like bleach, I think you'll like Sakamoto days. Um, it's, it's got a lot of the same kind of actiony fun hero stuff in it. So,
0: uh, I don't, I don't know if you're a bleach guy, Bruce, that's the weirdest comparison I've ever heard. Of. I'm not,
1: I no, there was a, there was a chatter in the, in the YouTube chat who yeah. asked, oh, asked oh, us about would, bleach I and these. I, I would, I would highly recommend if you like bleach to check out, check out Sakamoto days. Uh, you can go to Viz or Manga Plus and read the first two or three chapters of it. It's, uh,
0: yeah. I just say read it if you like anything. It's, it's yeah, I good. mean it's
1: I, it's it's universally pretty good. Uh, my overall impression of reading the first ninety nine chapters and then reading chapter one hundred is that I like I like this series. Um, uh, there is, is a I was... yeah, there's a creativity to it that you do not see very often, and I think every fight, there is a idea in writing and selling uh, books, especially, called the, uh, what is it called? It's like the unfamiliar stranger, the unfamiliar hook, something like that, which is like, you know, if you go and pick up a book and read the back of it, there's, it's got to have something on the back that goes, oh, that's strange and different, right? That's like, oh, it's, you know, vampires in Portland, it's, uh, you know, werewolves in London, right? There's that weird kind of strange thing in strange place or interesting thing in interesting place that you haven't seen before. The strange attractor. That's what it's called. Um, The strange attractor. And this Sakamoto Day's strange attractor is the fact that every fight has its own strange attractor inside of it, which is cool. Um, This fight is between a guy who uses a three-sectioned folding blade and a guy who uses hammers to fight and they throw each other through buildings and end up fighting through a, what is it, like a haunted house at some point? They yeah. fight on a roof and then inside a haunted house and then they end inside like a old style kabuki, uh, like kabuki performance where there's some really cool, I mean, the, the strange attractor here is that every fight has a, has this sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? choreographed what's the thing i'm like uh,
0: it's an action set piece right right
1: like, all these cool action set pieces and cool little props that they use just no one is doing it as cool as this every time you get to a fight there's a prop there's a prop on the on the back of a downed airplane that's awesome one of my favorites is they just fight in a in a like a home depot essentially and they they make a call out even two of these characters are like we need to find weapons like should we use shovels or uh you know, like shovels or rakes or like these things that are easily weapons, and they're just like no, and they use like a gas-powered nail gun and what's the other thing, like a a la- like an electric lantern or something, right? Like it's every time you think, oh, I've seen a fight like this, they're gonna fight like this, and it's like nope, it does not happen like that. There's some strange attractor in every single fight, and it's super interesting, and I love it. Um Tell me about your experience with Sakamoto Days.
0: It's it's like John Wick, like. It's over-the-top action, over-the-top fights. It's kind of what I wanted the movie Bullet Train to be. Uh, yeah. I like Bullet Train a lot, by the way. But uh, it's it's just nuts. It's action set pieces and fights on top of fights. And uh, you'd think the story suffers from it. And I'm not going to call the story complex or, like, crazy nuanced in any way. It's not. But it supports the action and comedy and fun of the series perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, I that's yeah. it's funny
1: you mentioned bullet train. The director of bullet train also does also the director of Deadpool. I would say this is very John Wick meets Deadpool in a lot of ways, right? It is kind You're of right. hyper violent at times in the way that Deadpool is. It's goof it kind of has that goofy oh, you know, Deadpool kills guys with a dildo or something, right? Like, I could see something like that or very similar happening in Sakamoto
0: days. Um, Uh, Yeah, Sakamoto kills people with pencils in his mind. Right, yeah, with like a mechanical
1: pencil and comments on like, this is a really well-made pencil, and then, yeah, kills people with it. Um, Fun, interesting stuff like that, right? The the power punch glove that you have to see half a second into the future to use effectively because it has a warm-up timer. There's just all these cool little things in every single fight that's like uh, Sakamoto being disguised as a woman and it's slowly wearing off. And so he has to try to stay hidden by like holding in his big belly. His God. Yeah. yeah, There's all these funny little things in the series that make like every single encounter, like every single visual uh, fight scene. They're just they're so interesting. It's I didn't think I was going to like this as much as I as much as I did. And I will say that the first five or six chapters are just okay. Like for instance, the first
0: first one's really good in my opinion. The first chapter is really
1: good, yes. And then I think, um, because the chapter where you meet Lou, the girl uh, who's like a part of the team, oh I, yeah. So I don't, I, I know what her strange attractor is in fights, right? She gets drunk, and that's her like power up. And she's like shown different types of drunk, right? It's funny when she drinks what is it like rubbing alcohol and becomes like super powered. Um, but it's funny because in her first fight, I don't remember what the strange attractor was, and I remember almost every other thing that was weird or cool or interesting about a fight, but I don't remember hers. And that was early on in the first couple. And then even this, when the sniper guy shows up on the team, like, his I, like the thing, sniper guy. I, I like him too. And I like him more after his little intro chapters and like Lou and the sniper guy, um, sh- they're showing up chapters are on the first eight or 10. Um, And the, that's maybe the weakest part. And then after that, the guy goes, okay, I've got my characters. Now we're going to do fun stuff um
0: and uh you know what let me just uh give like a really short synopsis just so you you understand what's going on it's it's basically sakamoto's a retired assassin from mm-hmm. a league of assassins he used to be the best one but now he's uh he's quite fat and married and has a daughter and his wife has forbidden from killing people so he doesn't kill people anymore he kind of incapacitates but he's very capable of killing um effectively they they just uh he takes in an apprentice a.k.a. part-time worker at his convenience store he owns. Yep. And uh, they just... It, the plot ends up developing, and they fight more assassins, criminals. Just, su- just uh, super-powered, but not super-powered, ultra-elite assassin peoples. Um, That's basically the synopsis of it. That's how you kind of yeah. get all these setups.
1: And, and it is... Bruce, the, the power the, levels are not based yeah. in reality, is another thing. To So yeah. Sakamoto being the best assassin means that he can... Punch people through walls. So this is over the top action in in kind of the best way.
0: Yeah, it's like Zoro from One Piece, where he's like normal, he doesn't have a fruit, but he can still like slice a building in half, right? It's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bruce, uh, what did you think of the fight? Uh, so this one was a cool fight, uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll see a few panels from it. But what did you think of the fight before this one with uh the the girl who looks like a a nun, kind of?
1: Oh, the the Sawblade girl. Sawblade girl, yeah. Yes. She
0: has a giant sawblade as a weapon.
1: Yeah, uh, still. I mean, still a fun one. It was because it was I, the Sawblade girl, and was she fighting it, this guy, the Folding Blade dude, or was it?
0: No, she was fighting um, like a courtesan, like that's right, that's right. The the
1: girl that was with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember this now. Um, also good. Yeah, I like that they fight inside the Tori gates and she cuts through them. That's a great panel. Uh, And uh,
0: two or three chapters. I love, I love the scene where, uh, basically she gets like a chain from the saw around her leg, and it's just like reeling her in like a fish into the saw, and it just like shows a splurt of blood. Uh, it was brutal and like as brutal as you can get with shonen without actually showing the gore. Mm -hmm. Uh, really cool. Yeah, and this
1: series doesn't really shy away from gore, but it's it's a little rare. Do I have it? I have it here. Um, yeah, this guy where where the the um, cheek? the hammer guy loses his fingers right in this fight. Oh, even though right. he wins, and yeah. that's just like it's shown and it's. I mean, you know, it's not like oh, it's brutal, but like you know, it's the violence is not without. Uh, I mean, a guy loses an arm at one point, and it's not just glossed over. So, it's it's it, it's but, a it's a weird series in that it's not based uh, in any kind of reality, but also it is kind of realistic? Like, okay, your arm gets cut off, you lost an arm, you don't have it anymore, how are you going to deal with it?
0: Um, I think what's strong is that this is like, you don't really think about power levels or what is logical, mm-hmm. you kind of just go with the flow in this series, because anything can really happen, right? Like He used a hammer to rip out this guy's cheek and teeth, like last chapter, you see yeah, the scar yeah. over there, yeah, the scar but too, yeah. Sakamoto can get punched through a train and be fine, you know? You don't really worry about it because it's over the top. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, even this at the end of the chapter, I was like, oh, OK, he got him. But like, but did he really get him? Because it kind of is like you never know. Right. Someone could take a big attack and it's hard to it's hard to know if it's like, well, is that an actual impactful attack or not? I think in this case it is just for the story beat. But um,
0: it's what great. What do you think no, of I'm, the current arc with the school and whatnot?
1: The school stuff is good. Um, it's it's so weird to me to sort of speed read. 99 chapters of something and then now have to go week to week because um, there's really only been three arcs I mean, there's kind of like the intro stuff there's like there's a hit yeah. out for Sakamoto and that's kind of the first 30 chapters and then they're on this plane for 20 chapters and they're in the school for 20 or 30 chapters and, Um
0: and then there was the criminal stuff before it and I guess yeah the criminal so stuff arc and arc
1: the attack on the the JAA or the JCC or whatever it is Um there's a I guess there's more like four or five but The school stuff was good. Um, Yeah, I mean, it just, it it feels really consistent to me. So it's hard for me to say like, oh, it was better than this or better than that. It's like the whole series is just good and consistent. So uh, I liked it, yeah.
0: And while I don't know much about these assassins, really, like even the Hammer guy, he's a fun character. I don't really know much about him. Mm. But uh, like when they attack the JAA, there's this old man um, from a one shot from the author with a katana who seems like very senile but he's kind of just this powerhouse he's like the uh, strongest, strongest person unit.
1: maybe other than sakamoto maybe stronger than I, think sakamoto. He's, I think
0: he's stronger than sakamoto i think he, possibly like,
1: yeah
0: yeah he he fucks up both the villains and they have to retreat like the main villains of the story it's just this random side character just destroys them and then they yeah. leave uh i appreciate that they use like different characters like this with so we just don't see sakamoto like fighting every fight you know he get yeah. like a lot of creativity yeah. it is
1: the author definitely understands that sakamoto himself doesn't his strange attractor is that he's fat kind of i mean like mm-hmm. and it's it's a funny power-up that when he gets like hit really hard or knocked through a wall or like needs to power up he just like loses all his weight for the fight and becomes like young <laughs> like loses his mustache loses all of his
0: weight because, yeah, he does lose his mustache. I didn't even realize. I, right. I noticed that
1: the first time. I was like, "Wait, where did his mustache go?" And yeah, every time he loses the weight for his power up, he loses his mustache. But
0: um, he, he goes does a quick shape, Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's one of those things um, where like Sakamoto doesn't really have like a particular fighting style. He's good at all styles, so he's almost always like it, using his environment or using a tool in an interesting way. Which again is like the cool thing about this series is the way those things are choreographed. Um, but yeah, it's I want to know.
0: I want to know how dark you think this series is because for me i don't think it's dark at all even though there's a lot of gore and death because yeah like assassins assassins die but that's their job and the story treats it like hey it's their job they're dead and also they're like there's a lot of set piece fights where they like move around and the civilians are usually like just still doing their job like this is the norm you know yeah like it's like, oh, these assassins aren't fighting and they paid for their meals. So, okay, see ya. Have, have a good time. Come back again, you know?
1: Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, a, a sin that I think is committed by a lot of shonen that gets them in trouble um, mm-hmm. is being overly serious. I yeah. think My Hero Academia has run into this. I think uh, a lot of series, especially towards the end, they they go for that drama because, again, it's kind of easier to write and the fun, funny stuff is uh is harder to write. But you're right. I... I this series is violent, but I don't think it's dark. I mean, other than violence, there's not really any other, uh, there's not really any other darkness in the series, right? There's not any, like, I'm trying there's not a whole lot of, like, abuse or, like, emotional manipulation. It's very kind of straightforward and simple, which I think is, is, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is to its benefit, so.
0: And it's not trying to be anything else, aside from just dumb fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I think this comes back to what we were talking about earlier with comedy versus drama. Like you said, My Hero is being too serious. Uh, I I agree, but I also think that's because it didn't have the nuance we were talking about earlier to where we care about the stakes. So when it's being dramatic, it doesn't feel earned. Uh, would you think that's right, the reason yeah. you feel like the Shonen Pitfall exists? Is because you don't feel like the serious moments are earned? Or
1: No, I don't think it's that. I think it's more just an issue of what I expect out of a Shonen is I expect it to be fun. Um, I am not looking to get into overly dramatic things. I'm not looking to, not necessarily that I'm not looking to be challenged, but it's like, I'm not looking to go into something and be like, oh, I feel so much pity or I feel remorse or those aren't the emotions I'm looking to get out of Shonen. Like I want, I want hype fights. I want fun, cool battles. I want to, I want to be smiling when fights happen. That should be satisfying. Um, and I think when they go too serious, they lean too much into, oh, an important character died and it's sad, and or, you know, this person lost a fight or lost a friend. And I, I just, I think those things. Well, I think that they can be handled well. Um, I think that they completely remove the sort of satisfying, fun, hype emotions that I want out of shonen I I think it's different for everybody but when when I think other people probably say like no when I think when shonen gets serious it's it's at its best because it's so much more impactful so much more emotionally you know charged or whatever but for me that's I don't think you can do this sort of overly serious uh, style and and get the other things out of it so
0: You just have to be a good writer. Like Oda, Going Mary's Death. Okay, sorry. One Piece spoilers, just real quick. It's 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah. Going Mary's Death, Ace's Death. I think those were done well, right? Those are serious. And uh, But I felt like One Piece earned that. And Oda can capture those emotions well. Whereas I think like My Hero Academia spoilers coming up now. Bakugo getting a hole punched in his me. chest. Yeah, just in case, you know. Uh, <laughs> Bakugo getting a hole punched in his chest. I felt nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, like well, those I, series I, didn't,
1: I will say to to respond to your One Piece thing. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I I actually do not like what is it called the Marineford War or whatever the
0: the you didn't like the war arc.
1: I it is. It's fine. It's not one of my oh, favorite love- arcs, and I think because it's a, I think it's because it's a little overly serious. Um
0: Really? Huh? Yes.
1: I think something like Alabasta, which has sort of serious chapters, but there's I don't know. The most serious part of Alabasta. Oh, fuck it. We'll just throw the spoilers text up. The most serious part of Alabasta, right, is like Luffy using his own blood to punch and beat Crocodile and then Um, the bird guy carrying the bomb up and you think he's dead, but he's not, which is whatever. Um, And all of those have, all of those don't lose the element of fun and hype and satisfying in a way. So I think it's when, and I mean, Marineford Arc is good and it definitely is still hype and satisfying, um, but it does lose the fun for me a little bit. And that's kind of where... Again, it's just I still like that part. It's still a good part of One Piece. It's just not my favorite because when I go into a shonen, I really want those three things, right? I really want it to be fun. I want it to be hype. Um Ruth, fun and hype I remember, are the two big things. So if you lose one of those that, for me, I'm out.
0: Yeah. Remember to put this in your hot takes because uh that's a hot take, my friend. Um I, I don't disagree with you. Uh I I personally loved Marine but I can see where you're coming from. Um but I, I, I think the serious moments in that arc kind of raised the stakes for me, which enhanced mm-hmm. that arc. You know, it, it made everything seem life or death. Uh, and it was during that arc. I, anyway. It's good.
1: I mean, I will say that the, the dramatic moments in One Piece are generally pretty good. Like uh, Robin's, it, like, I want to live is absolutely one of my favorite that, p- parts not, of all One Piece. But the thing is, the immediate response to that is fun, right? It isn't just, it isn't yes. just serious, right? The response to that is like the one piece They're the, the straw hats like lined up on the roof. It's hype. It's fun. Right? It doesn't having a, that dramatic moment doesn't remove the,
0: uh, Oda mixes it.
1: the hype and the fun. Yeah. And I think that a lot of authors, you write Just aren't good enough to sort of be able to be dramatic and hype and fun all at the same time. So they often just get away with, they, they get away it, from what I like in Shonen. So,
0: Yet again, One Piece is cheating because, like, I think everyone finds the pivot point in One Piece to be Arlong Park, where it goes from good to great. Yes, that is where, yeah, and I agree with that. N- Nami's emotions and that whole situation mattered a lot in that, but also Oda had a really fun fight with Arlong, right, where Luffy stretches his foot up at like a million feet up and destroys the house. Right. Yeah. It got uh, serious,
1: and then it did not remove the fun from the rest of the the arc or the part.
0: Or, Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think in Sakamoto Day's case, um, for instance, this chapter was a pretty serious chapter, I would say. Um but there was still I don't see I don't have the page, but when they're in the little kabuki theater, the performance thing during that part, like there was still like yeah. a joke and some fun. Like there was still fun, funny, jokey things happening inside all this hype action. And I think that Sakamoto Days is really good at that, really good at balancing the sort of it's a serious fight and it is life and death for these characters, but mm-hmm. it's also fun and it's also interesting and it's also hype. Um, so it has all those things that I really like in Shonen that that keep me invested. So
0: yeah. Like the, the hammer guy like tips a waiter this chapter, you know, like yeah, right. they broke into, they fought in a restaurant. Yeah. It's like fun.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, the Sakamoto days is just, is very, very good at that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else to say on Sakamoto days before we move on to our, one more thing.
0: Our, la- our last thing. Uh, no, I-, I think we said all that needs to be said. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad you're liking it, man. It's
1: good. It's simple. I mean, it does not take brain power to consume Sakamoto Days. It is- it's good.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Cool. All, all-, all right, let's-, let's mosey on.
1: Get to the end part. One more things. I'll go first. Uh, this is what I've been reading since I caught up on Sakamoto Days. This is Dungeon Meshi, Delicious in Dungeon by uh, Ryoko Kui. Um, it's pretty good. I am 20 chapters in, I think now, uh, you recommended this to me and I've Mm -hmm. saw that it got a, this is getting an anime adaptation by trigger, which I can't wait. I will say as a comment does not fit this series in the slightest. So I'm curious of, of how that's going to happen. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. It definitely has gotten better in the last five or eight chapters. Um, on the, like we were talking about humor and drama earlier on um this is a series that starts out mostly humorous and when it gets more serious i think it's actually better um the last couple chapters one of the main characters got seriously hurt and they had to sort of retreat and wait for her and there's flashbacks of they the very first chapter they lose one of their party members and their goal is to kind of dive into this dungeon and find her again uh they meet the bearded is he a dwarf he's a dwarf right
0: He's a dwarf, yeah. Yeah, this bearded have, dwarf like, guy, and he teaches the them how to
1: how to cook things in the dungeon, how to make delicious things. And it's, like, all, like, I was a professional chef for three years, and it's all, like, kind of right. I mean, obviously, it's, like, fantasy creatures, but everything they talk about is, like, yeah, okay, that is how you make pickles. That is how you fry that. That is how you make soup or whatever. Um, so it's fun. It's good. I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, mm mm-hmm. I am definitely still up in the air on a Trigger adaptation of this, but we'll see. I don't think it fits the style of the series, but I don't necessarily think that it'll ruin it. It definitely could bring a new added dimension that, that could be fun. So,
0: um, If if you haven't already, people listening, uh, type in Trigger Delicious and Dungeon PV in yeah. YouTube. They made a the short great. Uh, preview thingy before the anime was even announced. It looks great. Um, so I, I have faith. Uh I will say on Delicious and Dungeon Bruce, uh this series is pure magic, in my opinion. Uh I'm glad you're reading it. The beginning is all cooking and slice of lifey, but the comedy beats hit. The characters funny, yeah. uh I know you played D D, Bruce. I played yeah. D and D. If anyone has played D and D, this is a D and D party.
1: Uh I mean it's there's a whole chapter dedicated to the the thief the thief rogue character like avoiding uh, mimics and still getting caught by a mimic and is like in a trap room and trying to figure out how to get out of the trap room with the mimic it's all yeah, yeah it's it is very dnd inspired like m- very uh man, h- how do i say like if you've really if you've played D, it is based on real human people playing D more than it is just based on high fantasy like lord of the rings or something right this is much more about people at a table having fun and doing what these characters are doing in the dungeon than it is uh, just high fantasy. So,
0: but it's great. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was going to, you're, you're reading my mind this time. Yeah. Um, It's, it is very much just a D and D party where they're all goofy, having fun and f- kind of failing their way upwards uh, and failing in general. Uh, while like more serious try hard parties around them are getting destroyed, you know, uh, it, and it's It's just a really fun series. I don't think there's one unlikable character. They're all incredibly endearing and very yeah. different.
1: I do think the and, lead dude on the front cover here is pretty boring right now,
0: but he isn't he won't, he won't be. yeah. He,
1: he isn't so bad that it's he isn't unbearably boring. He's just kind of less interesting. Like Marcel, the Elf girl
0: is like clearly she's the, the most. She's
1: clearly the standout character, in my opinion.
0: She's, she's everyone's favorite. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, she's the straight man in the goofy party for most of it and it's and she, it's one of the best. She I, I really want to make a video on this, but I'll I'll tease it here. She's a tsundere, right? But not yeah. for romance, and I think that's really interesting and I really like that. I really want to make a video going into um how Marcel is like literally like literally a tsundere for the Dungeon, right? The Dungeon is the is the main character of this series and she loves it but won't admit it in a very soon there way i love that it's it's so interesting that i was i was thinking about that and i was like she literally just won't say that she like likes eating monsters and likes the dungeon and stuff so i wanted to yeah. go into the world's. it's, best, it's not like best i want to eat you
0: or anything yeah exactly um, exactly and forgive me if i pronounce this wrong because i only i've only read this and i've never talked about it with anyone but laos uh i think is is, is how you say his name um, yeah
1: the the lead guy the main
0: character uh he's he's very fun. He's probably my second favorite character he's he's great as it goes. um I think uh two things to mention about this series I'm not gonna keep it long. uh Marcel is Marcel and all the characters really are so incredibly I love their designs. I love Marcel's mm-hmm. designs because it's not a conventional like every single manga or comic book that draws an elf draws them as this sleek, uncompetable beauty, you know? Yeah. Like perfect perfect in every way. Uh Marcel has like chubby cheeks and makes a bunch of different like reaction faces. Uh she's not like elf beautiful, right? She she looks she looks like a she she looks good, but she's just like a person. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I really like that.
1: I agree with you. I think there is a sort of the designs are all plain, intentionally plain, I will say. They're not plain from a lack of um, trying to be interesting. They're plain because they're normal people. Um, Like, I just met a, I guess it's the dwarf girl who used to be a part of their party. And Mm -hmm. it's it's cool to see that because she's kind of like, on the thicker like side as a, as a person. And I Mm. mean, like even the main dude is sort of like, okay, he's not, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him take his armor off or maybe I have, but he's not some like, you know, oh, he's jacked underneath in like, like he would be in like an isekai or something. They're all just sort of very like plain versions of who they are, but that makes it more interesting because the dungeon is the, uh, the dungeon is the interesting part and putting, putting plain people against a severe, dungeon and monsters and creatures is more interesting than everything in the world being severe and interesting so I uh
0: like and it. yeah you're right. and i think the character designs go a long way to make you like like how they're designed makes you like the characters for sure yeah a lot um and uh yeah i i think uh my final thought on this is as you read it's a comedy that just does its serious moments so well while staying within the theme Mm -hmm. of eating eating monsters right like that's that's the core of it and it continues and they resolve their problems using their theme uh this this series is magic and the author took a lot of inspiration and is uh is in love with kind of western fantasy so you'll see a lot of like if you played any kind of um Got what Baldur's Gate games? I mean, Baldur's uh, Gate is just
1: Dungeons and Dragons, so yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, D and D, like a- a- anything like that, you'll have a big appreciation for this. Yeah,
1: I mean, we've encountered like slime, uh, cockatoo, cockatrice. I don't remember what
0: cockatrice. It's uh, yeah. That herb that screams. Yeah, um,
1: mandrakes. Uh, right, you'll know mandrakes heard. if you've read Harry Potter and stuff. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really good on the on the character design point, and then we can move on. um mm-hmm there's an idea in character design that there are triangle squares and circle characters and th- the three initial main party members here are actually all circle characters. And that's what makes them a- attractive, quote unquote, cute, uh, relatable. Uh, they are cute. Yeah. The, um, the dwarf guy, whose name I'm forgetting, he has a weird name.
0: Uh I'm, I'm- it's like oh, Sen, Sen
1: or something like that. Um, he's more of a square character, but he's still interesting. But yeah, the other three, I mean, even even the sort of lead knight guy is very rounded. The elf is very rounded. The halfling is very rounded. They're all very round characters, which round characters are generally your cute, uh, lovable things. And so everyone in this series seems very cute and lovable. So when they get into violent predicaments or whatever, that that sort of contrasts well with it.
0: And the funniest thing is uh, the cutest one of all of them, like, personality-wise, is the dwarf. Yeah. Uh, He's adorable. Uh, And I like that Chilchok, the halfling, um, doesn't do combat at all. He's literally just there to for traps and opening shit. Like, yeah, I haven't seen
1: him. Function. I haven't seen him fight very much. Well, he did like the yeah. last chapter I read. He maybe did like a little bit, but it was more like he triggered a trap and, that hurt something.
0: But yeah. and and you won't see him fight very much because he doesn't do that. Interesting. Uh, cool. Yeah, like that's not why he's there on the party. So yeah. that, I I like that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading more of this. So uh, all right, here are one more thing you saw. Yeah. The menu. My bad.
0: I, I'm just I'm just a huge fan of Delicious and, and Dungeons. So yeah, we'll wait, talk more about it. I'm
1: like I said, I'm yeah. only about 20 chapters in, so there'll be cool. more of it in the future
0: yeah uh this movie is uh, i i don't know how many people have watched this movie i kind of caught a trailer on accident and and it seemed interesting um uh how i would describe it is uh like Midsommar, if it was a dark if it was a comedy too you know the movie itself is pretty funny it's a dark comedy uh first and foremost um but the dark part of it is dark. What a redundant sentence, but you, I can't describe it. <laughs> that any is better the key without, defining without a
1: feature of a dark comedy is that the darkness. Is dark. Yes.
0: Uh, I, I don't want to say anything about the movie in case people want to watch it. it. It, it seems like it's got twists and
1: turns. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious yeah. to see it when it hits streaming. So,
0: uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, I, I don't think it is spectacular by any means, but I, I think it's a good watch. And, I don't even know how I'd rate it. I, I, don't, I can't give it one. Um, but I definitely check it out again uh, at some point. So once it hits streaming, I, I recommend everyone just to give it a give it a watch if you don't mind. I don't know dark themes in movies like this.
1: Yeah, dark comedies are black comedies. Dark comedies very specific <laughs> type. I, yeah. I, I know what to expect because I've seen a lot of them. Like uh, In Bruges is one of my favorite movies. That's a dark comedy, and that's got you know suicide that an and violence. Is that what?
0: Isn't that an Oscar-winning movie, In Bruges?
1: I, maybe. It might have won an Oscar. I'm not I haven't sure
0: heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. Have you
1: not seen In Bruges? No. Oh, you got to watch. In Bruges is so good. Um, is
0: is, is like, that a place in France?
1: It's in... Oh, uh, where is it? Where's the
0: I'm showing my geographical Bel- ignorance Belgium,
1: here. Belgium, I think.
0: Oh, Okay
1: is that right? Bruges is in Belgium. Yeah. Um, I
0: like,
1: I mean, it's got, it's got famous people in it. It's got Ralph Fiennes. Who's also in the menu is in this, is in this movie. I think he likes doing dark comedies. Um, yeah, Uh, don't, I mean, don't Google too much about it, but
0: it isn't, it isn't uh, that
1: twisty uh, really, but it's one of my favorite movies and it's a dark comedy. So,
0: uh, uh, Hey, you want to answer Omega masters question here since we're ending anyway? Uh, do you think Naruto needs an anime re- remake or any old anime in general? I think
1: Naruto and Boruto deserve to never show up in. <laughs>
0: you, you know what? This is this is a bad question for you because you haven't read it. it you, don't ha- you don't have. You don't have. I've seen some of it.
1: Yet. I don't. Naruto of the oh, big oh. three, I feel like Naruto would be the one that I would like the least. I,
0: I, think, I think I would they're...
1: enjoy Bleach more, and I don't think I would enjoy Bleach.
0: I don't think you'd enjoy Bleach either. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Let, let, let's end it in this just for Omega Master's comment. Um, I think Naruto's fine, but what old anime would you give a remake if you Ooh. could?
1: I think... I think we should go back and pay respect to one of the OGs. I would like to see a remade, slightly updated Fist of the North Star.
0: Fist of the North Star, huh? Yeah, I think, that's...
1: So JoJo is the season 1 of JoJo is essentially like a a rip off of Fist of the North Star. Um Hamon is like a straight rip of that power system. I think th- I think if pe- if we redid Fist of the North Star, it would be I think everyone who watches JoJo would like it. I think everyone would go like wow, this is this is cool even if it is kind of like I've seen this before because it's so mm-hmm. influential and in that kind of uh seinen, action-y type stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, Baki and all these things are super inf- influenced by Fist of the North Star. The character designs are all these thick guys. Um, a funny connection, speaking of Dungeon Meshi, D&D, uh, me playing D&D, um, one of the... So I ran a DD and d game as a Dungeon Master. Um, one of my... Um, one of my players played a monk, and he named his character after the main character of Fist of the North Star whose name is Kenshiro uh and so I like that was like my introduction to Fist of the North Star was my my overpowered monk player uh playing Kenshiro so I I think that would be a series to bring back because I think it's old and dated there is an old anime it's not very good I've seen a few clips from it um what about you what would you what older series would you bring back to reanimate in modern times? Basically, what old series would you come back and have Mappa animate? Because they they're just going to do everything
0: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Uh, I I just responded uh, to Omega Master here. I, I think think Naruto's good as is, especially the pain fights. And later they, they get crazy. And Boruto has some good animation, but um, I don't really watch Boruto. But uh, mm-hmm. what I was thinking, like when you were when he asked, I was thinking Yu Yu Hakusho maybe, but no, Yu Yu Hakusho is perfect. Yeah, why, it's why it's not, perfect.
1: Is that old? I mean, it, it looks is 20 good. years old, but is it, is that old enough? I guess that's it's, older than Naruto. It's, 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 it's old. It's it, old, man. Yeah. I mean, mid 90s. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I was and, thinking of like before we were born uh, old as but, opposed to uh, when we were young.
0: Uh, here's, here's my remake. Um, I would remake, uh, Hoshi no Samidere, uh, or Lucifer <laughs> and the Biscuit Hammer. Yeah. Um, it had an anime it's, this year. Yeah, this year. Uh, and it sucked so make it again but better try again Damn it. make it
1: literally just uh, try again that's not going to yeah, happen yeah
0: yeah uh, cop out answer aside um i would ask them to there's no there's an obvious, I don't, I, there's I, an I, obvious I, answer here I, uh, I was gonna say trigon but they're doing that. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Look, give me one one shot and end.
1: I mean, the obvious answer is this is one of the most popular seinen ever, and it has never had Monster? a good
0: anime. No, Monster oh. Anime is good. Um, I, I never had a good anime. Never um, had a good oh berserk it's berserk, berserk right bro, that's the bro, how did i not answer. think of that you're right yeah you, that you was it.
1: i i thought of yeah and that's again old from the 80s berserk also kind of influenced by fist of the north star maybe published in the same magazine i think they're published in the same magazine but uh,
0: yeah yeah you okay no uh discussion over berserk you're yeah, right
1: should, yeah. i man there there is a world soon coming maybe this should have been one of my predictions in 2023 we will get an announcement of a of a non cg berserk anime starting at the start or starting at golden age no it should start at the start the first season should be the black swordsman um yeah the first season should. should all be black swordsman and then season 2 should be golden age or maybe 2 and 3 golden age is pretty long but yeah uh, that's i it's, uh, it's it's i don't understand who's managing berserk in such a way that they aren't shopping Hey, just make an anime of Berserk to Mappa just, to Madhouse to Production Ig to to Ufotable, UFO Table UFO um, Table. One of these companies. Of like, how would you not grab this?
0: Berserk. I, I, I don't know. Is as popular it,
1: it, as it yeah. is without a good anime. Almost everything else that is popular is is that popular because the, uh, the anime audience is larger. Yeah, it's 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 berserk for sure.
0: I, I think it's this Bruce. It's like, you know how One Punch Man has innately more audience, like you're gonna sell it to a larger group of people than you would Berserk because it's dark. Um One Punch Man didn't even have a good season two because it's hard to get like people to get to Murata's level. Yeah. Getting to Miura's level while not Man. having the selling force of One Punch Man is an even harder task, I have to imagine. But, but... it's money on the table. You're right. You're you're fucking right. It's so yeah. popular. Make I, your money, people.
1: I will say the challenge, the on the other side of it's very challenging to make something that stands up to Miera's art is that every single animator would work on the Berserk anime like probably for free. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that made One Punch Man in season one so great is that all of the animators love Murata and his art because, and I went over this in my action paneling video, is that Murata's kind of a an animator at heart, he uses all these animation techniques and influences to do his paneling, and so people say that, and they go, like, yes, this guy is, like, the best action artist in the biz. I want to I want to be a part of the, you know, the manga, or the anime version of that. It's, in the same yes, way, right. when um, uh, March comes in like a lion, when that anime aired, they had a lot of really big name animators and manga artists do, like, end cards and things for that, because that's, like, a that was like a golden child baby for other manga artists, right? Uh, Uh March Comes in Like a Lion is notorious for being like your your favorite manga artist's favorite manga for years and years. Now, it doesn't get published as much anymore, but back... I don't know, six or eight years ago, it was like, it was the thing that all the manga artists love because it was so like gorgeous and nicely drawn. And so when that got an anime, a lot of people worked on that that were big names. Uh, and like I said, the end, there were end cards like uh, Arakawa, who's Full Metal Art. Alchemist, did an end card. Um, a bunch of big famous artists did end cards.
0: Niso Yusin did one.
1: Yeah, and so all that, all that to say that Berserk—if you just announced, "Hey, we're making a Berserk anime, and we're going to treat it right," all of these animators are going. to... If you ask an animator to do it, they're not going to say, "Oh, I don't know, I don't have time. I'm working on something else." They're going to say, "I will, I will make time." Um, I, so I actually I, think I, it would I be wish. pretty easy to make a Berserk anime if you just cared.
0: The the problem is these guys—they wouldn't do it for free because these guys get paid like thirty k a year. But uh, well, yeah, but it's uh the. Uh, do you know like the Berserk anime that was like shit—the CGI one?
1: The CGI one you have hated? from two or three years ago, yeah.
0: Uh, it was given to like a completely new studio with new yeah. animators, like fresh out of college or and whatever. They, and, and they
1: because it was 3D, they can't ask all these hand animators with years of experience who were like, I mean, the thing about Berserk is like, I mean, we're we're talking about guys like, like uh, is it Yo Yoshinari is like the trigger guy. Like, he was animating explosions as, like, an 18-, 19-, 20-year-old, and Berserk had been out for, like, six years. Like, that's how old Berserk is. And so you've got these guys who were, like, massively influential through anime in the 90s growing up, who have now influenced another generation in the 2000s and the 2010s and the now the 2020s. There have been, like, three or four generations of people who all have had access to Berserk and have probably read it and who, know like, know what it is and understand it, I don't know. It's just like, it should be so easy to give this to a, a studio that just says, we're going to hand animate it. All these hand animators that have been around for 30 or 40 years are going to say, are going to come out of retirement to work on Berserk for, yeah. And not especially for now that,
0: yeah. Uh, especially now that Miro is dead. I'm sure people will do it just to pay respects, right? Like, that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. Don't give it to like a, a studio full of absolutely new hires. It's like not fair to them. I felt bad for them. No, it isn't. And I
1: also think that, I mean, not that the younger generation doesn't, can't enjoy Berserk, but I mean, Berserk is even pre us, right? I mean, we're in our early thirties. Berserk, the first chapter was published, I think in 1984, like six or seven years before we were born. And so like there's a generation above us, right? Who's in their forties, you know, mid-40s, late-40s, early-50s. Like, I was talking, like, the, the Yo-Yo Shinari types. Um, mm-hmm. They grew up on Berserk, and they knew about Berserk, and they saw it um, even we're disconnected by one thing. And so I think, yeah, I just... It, it should be so easy to just get a good organization team behind it. Then you just ask all the best animators from the 90s and the 2000s and the, even the 80s, like, hey... Come draw you know, come draw the Berserk anime. Come do it. We're doing it. And they would all say yes. Like no one would say no to that.
0: Bro, I, I just felt bad for the newbies because they got really sad when everyone was shitting all over Berserk. And it's yeah, not their they fault.
1: Weren't, they weren't given a fair situation at all. So
0: Yeah, it's like being thrown into it like it's like being thrown into something and being like, Hey, be the CEO of this company. You have no experience. You know, it's like yeah. set it to fail. To from the start. Anyway. Anyway, we're, we're, we're running long, but Berserk, this is a Berserk tangent
1: at the end, but uh yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, that's it for the show this week. Um, thanks for listening or watching, of course. Um, we're always live on the White, Gray, Black channel on YouTube every Monday night at 8. It We will be taking two weeks off now. It is the Christmas and New Year's season. Um, we have, as of this podcast, we have had two viewers total, so... No one's missing much yet. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you'd sure. like to be a viewer or a listener, please keep listening, watching. We we really do appreciate it. Um, if you appreciate us or me and the things that, that we do here, be sure to check out the Patreon. That's patreon.com at WGB manga. Um, if you're watching us, don't forget you can check us out in audio only on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Uh, we're just the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast, and if you're listening to us there, don't forget that um, there is a YouTube channel. Also, you can check out. You should find it attached to the YouTube channel White Gray Black. That's the one that I run. Um, as always, thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, enjoying our tangents. I hope. Um, and don't forget to read more manga.
0: And uh, yeah, final thought. Shout out to Omega Master for writing us a question. Yeah. Uh, it was it was fun talking. Thanks for joining us, Omega Master. Uh, join us again next week. And if you guys do want to chat with us, uh, we'd be happy to talk at the, at the end of to, yeah. a pod or something. I'd so, love to have um, more
1: comments there if we could, uh, could help you yeah. follow up at the end with all of them or something. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah.
0: Feel free to write in. And uh, specifically to Omega Master, have, have a good holiday, man. I, I hope it's a good one. And I'll catch everyone else later.
1: Adios. Bye.